hey, Luke chapter 2, uh, we're going to be back in our series, obviously, about Jesus. What have we been talking about these last couple of weeks uh, about Jesus? I mean, we've been talking about the Bible leading up to him, that the Bible is his story, uh, and it kind of leads up to him and his birth. In the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been talking about the birth of Jesus, how the different people uh, responded to Jesus, you know, Mary, how she responded, Joseph, uh, the Magi, the wise men, and uh, the uh, the innkeeper in Bethlehem. We talked about all these different ways uh, about people and how they responded to the birth of Jesus. But this week, we're going to fast forward the story a little bit. We're going to fast forward a couple years, and we're actually going to look at teenage Jesus. Right? We're done with baby Jesus. We're moving to teenager Jesus uh, tonight. And in fact, our passage in Luke chapter 2 is actually really the only place in the Bible that talks about Jesus between the time that he's born and the time that he's a full-grown adult about to start up his ministry. Uh, and so this passage is a really cool deal because I think a lot of times, especially when you're a student, uh, it can potentially uh, be hard to connect or even relate to Jesus sometimes because we just get this picture uh, of this baby in a manger or we get this picture of a fully grown adult Jesus doing miracles and teaching uh, and living this perfect life. And a lot of we don't get the in-between stages where you're at right now in your life when you're a teenager. We don't kind of get those in-between stages um, so the cool thing about this story tonight is we're going to be talking about teenager Jesus, where you're at in your life and how he acted. Um, and I think uh, what's going to be really cool is for us to learn to be like Jesus, for you to learn how to be like Jesus in the years that you're in student ministry. What better way than to look at Jesus when he was your age, when he would have been in Jewish student ministry? I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, but again, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 tonight, uh, verses 41 through 52. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. I'm going to go ahead and read it for us again. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Uh, it says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, uh, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day, uh, but then they began looking for him and their relative, among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts. Three days! As, any of y'all post in the comments if your parents have lost you at a mall for three days. I'm hoping y'all don't post because, like, that's crazy. They lost him for three days. Um, anyway, where was I? <laughs> uh, after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. All right, again, that was Luke chapter 2. Um, okay, so what do we have here? Let's, let's kind of unpack this story, what is going on here just a little bit. So Jesus and his parents and most of the Jewish communities all around the area um, we're at Jerusalem for the Passover fellows, uh, Passover, Passover celebration, Passover festival. That 
Say that 10 times fast. That's hard to say. Uh, Passover celebration or festival. Um, this is the same festival, the same Jewish holiday uh, that he actually goes to and attends when he's an adult. You know, the triumphal entry. We talked a few weeks ago at Easter and Palm Sunday when Jesus enters Jerusalem uh, to all of these shouts of praise. That's the beginning of Passover week, the Passover celebration. So he is there as a teenager celebrating the exact same thing uh, that he enters Jerusalem, which leads him to the cross uh, to die for our sin and beat death. Um, this was a yearly celebration uh, that they, uh, the Jewish people from all over, would come and celebrate together. Um, all over, all over the region, they would travel for days on end to get to Jerusalem. Uh, but again, so when the celebration is over, what happens in our passage? Uh, everybody packs up and they go home. The, the celebration, the festival is over. So they pack up their donkeys, they pack up their camels, they get in giant big old caravans that you kind of see in the movies, and then they roll out of town to go back to their different areas. And Jesus and his parents lived in Nazareth, which was a long way away from, Jeru uh, from Jerusalem. So they packed up and started heading home. But the problem was... Jesus wasn't actually with them. Again, they lost him for three days. Again, comment in the uh, and post in the comments if your parents have ever lost you at the mall for like three days. I really hope not. Uh, but go ahead and call them out because I want to call them. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Anyway, uh, so again, they didn't have Jesus with him. He was kind of missing. Uh, and so they got into this big caravan of people and camels and rolling out of town and had no idea that he wasn't with them. They just thought he was playing with the other kids on the other side of the caravan and didn't even realize that he was gone. And I remember uh, when Riley was a little tiny baby and we had her in those little car seats that you had to carry everywhere, uh, I was always terrified putting her in the car uh, that I would forget that she was with me. Like if I had to stop at a store and run in and buy milk uh, or if I was going to work that day, I was so scared all the time that I was going to leave her in the car. And I used to double double back on the uh, back seat like 10 times every time I was driving somewhere just to see, is she with me right now? Okay, she's not. She's good. All right. Oh, oh she is with me. Okay. I got to remember that she's in the backseat. I always used to be so freaked out that I was going to forget about her, uh, that she was in the car with me. And again, Jesus' parents, they left town. Like they went on a like a distance trip and forgot and didn't realize that he was uh, actually with them. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. But Again, in our passage, it tells us where Jesus was. Where was Jesus? When he, when they, when his parents realized that he was missing, they started frantically searching for him, couldn't find him. They're like, where is he? So they went back to Jerusalem and they looked around for three days, still couldn't find him. But where was he? He was at the temple where everybody had come to worship for this Passover celebration, for this Passover festival. Uh, so they found him in the temple learning from the teachers, learning. He's not goofing off. He's not playing around. He's not just, you know, like home alone uh, in New York or whatever. He's like, ah, you know, playing around, hanging out at the, the fanciest hotel in Jerusalem, playing tricks on robbers. No, he's not doing that. He's sitting at the temple learning from the teachers uh, and, the, and the priests of the law. Uh, and so how do we how do we draw some truth from this story? That's what happened in the story. Uh, but what truth does it have for us tonight? Uh, well, I see three different things that I think is really important for all of us, uh, but especially y'all as students tonight, because again, we're learning from Jesus as a teenager, as a student. This is where he's at in his life. Um, so I see three really important things that I want y'all to remember tonight. If you're taking notes, write these down, okay? Even if you're not taking notes, pull out your phone and write these down. Don't log off of Instagram or Facebook. But uh, 
write them down because they're super, super important. So the first thing that I see uh, is that Jesus focuses on what is important. All right. So now most kids and teenagers, like I said, uh, back in those days when their parents would go to the temple, you know, the kids would gather up, the teenagers would kind of go off uh, in huddles and they would kind of goof around. They would hang out, they would play, they would do all these different things while their parents were at the temple that they were worshiping. Uh, they were offering sacrifices, they were praying, uh, but Jesus didn't do that. He didn't go out with the other kids. What did he do? He went up to the teachers and the priests and began soaking in God's word. He began learning uh, from the different Jewish scholars there at the temple, and he was growing closer to God. And so that's the attitude, I think, first off, that we need to take ourselves, especially you as a student. Uh, we have to take on that attitude of finding opportunities to grow in our faith. Uh, learning more about Jesus, surrounding ourselves with people who can teach us and lead us closer to God's will. Now, practically, what does that mean? It means that we have to make the most of our time together at church. When you are at church, you have to make the most of that time. With, the, with these online worship services on Wednesday nights, you have to make the most of that time. Our group times on Sundays, you have to make the most of that time. You can't goof off. You can't be a distraction to other people. You can't just tune out what we're talking about because these things are so incredibly important uh, because what it is is it's God trying to teach us more about his will and his purpose for our lives. So we have to tune into that, not pull away from. It even says a couple books later in the New Testament, Colossians chapter 3, uh, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not not on earthly things, excuse me, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. It says, set your hearts on things above. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind and your hearts on God's will and purpose for your life, just like Jesus did. Don't goof off. Don't ignore this. Take the time, grow in your faith, and lock in with what God is trying to teach you. Um, so the second thing, again, if you're taking notes, the first one was Jesus focused on what was important. That's the first one. The second one tonight is Jesus respected his parents. Whoa! Like, are you serious? Like, how, how in the world did Jesus respect his parents when he kind of like ditched them and stayed back in Jerusalem while they went home? Like, what, what are you talking about? Uh, but I think what we can pull from uh, is how he respected his, uh, his parents in his response when they came back for him. Uh, so what does it say? He, he says, um, they come back and they're like, Jesus, where have you been? We've been looking three days. Well, you weren't in the caravan to go home. You weren't in the city. Like, where have you been? And he goes, well, look at what he says. He goes, didn't you know that I would be at my father's house, at the temple, at the place people go to learn and worship God? Didn't you know I would be at my father's house? And remember, he's the son of God. He is literally a part of God. So he's at the temple learning and equipping himself for the work that God has purposed him with. Uh, but then look what happens after he says that. Our passage in the last couple of verses says that he packs up and he follows his parents back home, back to Nazareth where they're from. He doesn't argue. He doesn't fight back. He doesn't snap at Mary and say, look, woman, do you know who I am? Like, I'm literally God. I can go and do whatever I want. Like, he could have done that because he was God, literally God, the son of God. But he doesn't. No. He looks at her and says, I was at my father's house. But if it's time to go, it's time to go. And he packs up his stuff and he leaves. He reunites with his parents and follows them back home. And the next part, uh, the last couple of verses, again, uh, is super key. What does it say? It says he was obedient to them. He was obedient to his parents. He said, 
oh, I'm sorry, mom and dad. Let's go. I, 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 I was just, I was learning about God and what my purpose was, but let's go. It says he was obedient to his parents. Uh, and students, listen to me tonight. Your parents love you and they want the absolute best for you. And so our response as children, as sons and daughters, myself included, you know, just because I'm grown up doesn't mean that I still can't, I don't have to listen to my parents. But our response should be to respect and be obedient to our parents. That's, that's what our response should be because of how much they love us and they care for us uh, and want the best for us. And, you know, a lot of time when I was growing up, uh, I was always the kid that thought my parents were just a tad bit, uh, a little bit overprotective, you know, just just a little bit. And I actually saw my mom's name pop up on Facebook, so I really hope she's not still watching. <laughs> uh, but seriously, no, I thought... My I thought my parents were a little tad bit overprotective and sometimes I didn't get to do everything I really wanted to because of that. And I remember growing up, I used to have to call them over and over and over. Anytime I went somewhere, whether I was driving, whether I was with a friend, uh, no matter what, anytime I went somewhere, they wanted to know where I was at. I would be with friends at a movie theater and I'd be like, guys, hang on, I'll, I'll be right back. And I'd have to step out and call my mom and dad and be like, hey, guess what? I'm at this movie theater with these people just letting you know. And I was always so embarrassed to walk back in. They're like, what was that? And I'm like, I had to call my mom. Let's let her know that I'm okay. You know, like I used to be so embarrassed by that. But I have to admit, as I've grown up, as I've become an adult, as I've become a husband and a father myself, I've noticed that that habit has kind of stuck with me about calling to check in. Um, when Natalie goes to work, and I know she's driving 45 minutes down the road in traffic to work, I'll be like, hey, Natalie, text me when you get to work. Let me know that you're safe. Uh, even to this day, like when we go on vacation, like I will text or call my parents and say, hey, I'm safe. Just to let you know, we're going out of town this weekend. I mean, we went on that Canada mission trip with the church back in October. Uh, when I landed in Montreal, Canada, I texted my parents. and was like, hey, just let you know I'm in Canada for a couple of days. Like it has stuck with me. And, uh, and you better believe that when Riley grows up and she's old enough to have a phone and go places with friends, you better believe that little girl is going to call her dad. Like that is that's going to happen. I don't care. I will go pick her up at the movie theater. I'll be that kind of parent. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, for real, that has kind of stuck with me. Uh, the, the longer, uh, the longer I've grown up that, that, that idea of safety and, and caring about where you are. And so just like my parents cared about me and always wanted to know that I was safe. And now like, I want to know that my family is safe that as they're driving around town and in Dallas traffic, I want to know that they're safe. And just like Mary and Joseph in the Bible with the Son of God, with Jesus himself, they wanted to know he was safe. They wanted to know where he was. Man, your parents care about you. It's the same kind of love, that parental love. They want to know that you're safe. They want to know that you're continuing to learn more about Jesus. They want to know that you're continuing to chase after God's will for your life, that you're learning more about him, that you're fulfilling God's purpose. You know, God tells us over and over and over in the Bible and so many places in the Old and New Testament uh, to obey your parents, to respect your parents, respect your elders, obey your parents. It says it over and over and over. And when God says something over and over and over, man, we got to tune up. We got to listen. We got to perk up our ears a little bit and pay more attention because when he says it over and over, that means it's important. We have to obey them. We have to respect our parents' authority just as Jesus did with his parents. Again, he was the son of God. He could have said, look, back off. I can do what I want because I literally created all of this, but he didn't. He was obedient to his parents, followed their lead. Uh, last thing, third thing, uh, again, if you're taking notes, third thing, 
Jesus waited on God's timing. Jesus waited on God's timing. Uh, at the end of our passage, it says that Jesus packed up and went back to Nazareth where his family was from, where Mary and Joseph lived at the time. Now remember again, they had come to Jerusalem, the exact same place, literally, that Jesus was going to come back in like 20-something years later and die for our sins and be resurrected from the grave and beat death. Like, could you imagine being like teenage Jesus like this? I was thinking about this this afternoon as I was uh, kind of finishing up my sermon for tonight. Like, could you imagine being teenage Jesus walking around Jerusalem and like you, all of a sudden you look off in the distance and there's this hill and you're like, hey, that, that's where I'm going to die in like 20 years from now. That's, that's where I'm going to conquer sin and death right there. You see that hill in the distance? Like, could you imagine how much pressure that would be? Is it like, I mean, is it for anybody if you like looked and said, that's where I'm going to die. But as a teenager, as somebody growing up and learning about God's purpose, knowing that you are fulfilling what God placed you on this earth for. Like that, I was seriously thinking about that earlier today and it just, it blew my mind looking, knowing that this is the exact same place that I'm going to come and I'm going to save my people. I'm going to, I'm going to redeem creation when it, from when it was broken way back when. But again, it wasn't time for that yet. He was only 12 years old. He had a lot of growing up to do. He had a lot of life to live before it was time for that. It wasn't God's timing for him to save the world. He still had a lot of years for that to happen. And so going back home meant what? It meant waiting on God's timing. Again, you see, literally see God's main purpose right there in front of you, but it's not time for that yet. He had to, he had to trust God's timing and go back home and wait for his time that God was going to bring him into that moment. And I think that's especially true, uh, uh, especially relevant, especially important uh, for us to remember tonight uh, of waiting on God's timing. Because I said it a couple weeks ago, and I want to say it again because I really think it's that important, uh, that God's plan for you is not on hold. God's plan for you has not pressed the pause button. It hasn't ended. God's purpose, his plan, his timing, it hasn't stopped. Even though the world kind of seems like it's at a dead stop, I know we're starting to reopen a little bit, um, but it hasn't stopped. Um, Jesus waited on that timing uh, because he knew that God's plan was not on hold. It hadn't stopped. It hadn't even pressed pause. And again, Seniors, I, this is extremely relevant for you, but I think it's also uh, relevant for uh, those of y'all about to leave junior high and go to high school. And for those of, you know, fifth graders that aren't going to finish out children's ministry, they're going to come in uh, to our student ministry without those last couple of months uh, to learn and to grow from our awesome kids ministry team. Um, Seniors, you're missing out on so many big uh, life's milestones at the end of high school. But hear me when I say that the God's plans for your life haven't stopped or paused. He's using this time at home. He's using your time at home with your parents and with your family. He is preparing you. He is using that time uh, to prepare you for where he is leading you, getting you ready for that next step in his plan for you and your life. Uh, and it, just as he did with Jesus, using that time with Mary and Joseph growing up and learning his plans were always in motion. Again, uh, Jesus, God could have dropped Jesus on earth as a 32, 30-year-old man and said, okay, hey, it's time. Go in there, die on the cross, beat death, come back, and we'll just, uh, we'll go ahead and, you know, we'll call it three days and we'll, we'll have everything fixed. You know, get it three days because it took three days for him to come back. Uh, but that's not what happened. No, he sent Jesus as a baby. 
He sent Jesus as this newborn infant that literally would have to grow up for years and years and years learning about God, learning about his plan and his purpose, learning about what God wanted him to do. He had to learn and he had to grow. He had to take that time to prepare to be mentally and physically ready for what God's purpose was for him. And that's what he's doing with you right now. He's using this time to prepare you mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally for what his next step is for your life. And again, since this is the only instance uh, that the Bible talks about Jesus as a teenager, as a student, again, your ears should perk up. You should read. You should study this passage over and over and over because it's super and super important for you all to pay attention to. You know, as a student, if you're going to be like Jesus in your as a teenager, as a student, if you're going to be like Jesus, wouldn't the best way to learn how to be like Jesus be to watch what Jesus did as a teenager? I mean, that makes sense. Connect with him, relate with him as a teenager, as a student, and it'll help you connect the dots. It'll help you relate to him uh, when you start learning about his love and his grace for you as your savior. Learn about him as a teenager. Again, the three things that we were talking about, grow in your faith. Don't wait until you're older. You know, Jesus focused on what was important. Use this time, excuse me, use this time. It is so important. Do not wait until you're an adult to put uh, put stock into your faith. Do not wait until you're an adult to take this all seriously. It is so important now that you put habits and you put practices into place uh, that are going to grow your faith now. Because when you get to be an adult, when you get to college seniors, when you get to college, if you don't have this repetition, if you don't have these practices now, you won't do it in college. Use this time. It's so important for you to do this now um, while you're young. And also be respectful. Be obedient to your parents. They love you. Just like God loved his son Jesus, like Mary and Joseph loved his uh, their son Jesus, your parents love you and they want the best for you. Be obedient. Pay attention to God saying it over and over. Be obedient to your parents. Uh, and then the last thing, I see some of y'all asking what the third thing was. Jesus waited on God's timing trust God's timing. Trust God's purpose for your life. Just because it may not make sense. If you ever want to hear my backstory, I'm going to share it with y'all the more I'm with y'all. If anybody knows that God's timing can be tough, it is me. And I'll share that with y'all as we go. Uh, If you ever struggle with that, man, come to me. Let me know. I've I've heard it over and over and over. God's timing is perfect. Yes, it is. Absolutely. It's hard to hear. But his his timing and his purpose for your life is absolutely perfect. And it will always be perfect as long as you chase after him, as long as you take the time to learn about him and what that purpose is for your life. Trust his timing. Be obedient to your parents. Take your faith seriously now as a student. Don't wait until you're an adult.